Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is ESPN Radio. Good morning, America. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh here with you. Joe, I feel like... I feel like we just did this a few hours ago on Joe and Amber, which ends at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 to 9 p.m., Monday through Friday. That's how you plug, right, Joe Fortenbaugh? And now here we are, 6 a.m. Eastern, bright and early. It's good to be back with you. Yeah, 6 a.m. for you, 3 a.m. for me here in Las Vegas. So I guess the determination or the big question at the moment is, am I up late or am I up early this morning? But it's always great to be speaking with you. We just did this last night. We get to run some of the conversations back. I think we got a lot of new stuff in store as well. We do have new stuff because we have actual sports going on right now, whether it is late for you or whether it is early for you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. The 151st Open Championship, it is here. It is happening as we speak at Royal Liverpool, hosting the Claret Jug for the first time since 2014 in Hoy Lake, England, all the best golfers in the world are there. Are you tuned into this from a betting angle? I would imagine sports happening at three in the morning works out quite well for you that you, in fact, are working at three in the morning right now. Very much so. I'm actually down money very early in this event. (laughs) Most people don't even realize it started yet. I'm in the negative early. Made a little wager last night that we talked about with Hideki Matsuyama to have a better opening round than Jason Day. That's not working out to my favor, but there's still plenty of time to go. This is one of the allures to the Open Championship for a lot of professional bettors here in Las Vegas. They will get together and watch this event over the next four days from start to finish. They're at the bar right now, and that might sound crazy, but everything's 24 hours here in Las Vegas, so it's not as crazy as it may seem to people outside of this area. Now, if I was you, you're home right now, but if I was you, I think I would be at the ESPN studios in Vegas on the Strip because the Strip would make me feel awake at 3 a.m. Like, you got up this morning at 1.30, which 1.30 is late at night. That's not early in the morning. Maybe 3, we could start having the conversation about whether that becomes early in the morning. For me, that threshold is more like 3.34, where I feel like, all right, now we're talking next day instead of just the night before. But if you were on the Strip right now, you would feel like you should be up like it's four in the afternoon no i can assure you i do not want to be on the las vegas strip right now we do daily wager which we do monday through friday 6 to 7 p.m eastern on espn2 we do a show during football season on sunday mornings it airs 6 a.m eastern time which means for us or it airs 9 a.m eastern and airs 6 a.m pacific which means we're in there around 4 a.m which means you're crossing through the casinos around three in the morning The last place you want to be if you're trying to get your head right for a day of work is the casino floor in Las Vegas at 3 a.m. It's the zombie hour where everyone's just kind of making their way around, still trying to figure out if there's one last bad decision to make before shutting it down for the evening. You see all the worst decisions in life right there on the casino floor at 3 or 4 in the morning. But you get that shot of oxygen as you walk through the casino. there's that. My experience with this a little bit was in Miami. So in Miami, there are certain clubs that close 
shows at like nine in the morning, right? <laughs> you don't if you've ever Miami? been to Miami, uh, you probably are familiar with Club Space uh, being one of those clubs. One time I was driving from Lauderdale to Key West when I lived down there. And I thought, you know what? It was like seven in the morning. And we had this crazy idea. I was young. Me and the person I was driving with, we had this crazy idea. We're like, you know what? Let's just stop at space and see what it's like. But oh, yeah. we were just dead check sober. in real quick. Like, let's just give it a check see. And I'd never been, by the way, to space at this point. And so we decide it's a brilliant idea to stop at this nightclub at, you know, 6.30 in the morning morning completely sober again because we were waking up and starting our day well that wasn't the situation for everybody else at this nightclub and they had pushed everybody else onto this deck where again this is Miami so now at this point when I get to this nightclub the sun is rising like the sun is up and this nightclub at this point is outside in the sun which is just weird and so everyone's outside and they're still like "Mm, mm-hmm Mm, mm, yeah. You know, like with the techno music mm, 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 and mm, mm, it's mm, just a very bizarre sight. And I will tell you, kids, it was the best anti-drug commercial I've ever watched in my life. <laughs> it really was. You don't want your kids to ever get involved in that. Just send them to a, one of those clubs that never closes at that time uh, and you will see some things. That so is we still seeing- still a better way to do it. Where I grew up about an hour north of Philadelphia in Allentown, Pennsylvania, if it's late in the evening and everyone's still feeling a little bit frisky and you have some someone who's of the wits where they can drive and drive legally. It's right on to the highway down to the Atlantic city expressway down to Atlantic city to test your luck. And that's like two, two and a half hours. I would much rather have been in your situation than that because there's no more feeling, no greater feeling of impending doom than three 30 AM completing a two and a half hour car ride to get out of the car, to begin an adventure in Atlantic City, of Ugh. all places. I, I'm City of dreams. To, I'm starting to realize why you are our betting expert here at ESPN, like why your livelihood in life took you this direction. It's all yeah. starting to make a lot of sense. The life chose me. I didn't choose it, Amber. <laughs> Well, the life is choosing you this morning. You're already down when it comes to the Open Championship. Plenty of room to come back. Plenty of room to come back. It did just start the 151st. We also have other sports this morning as well. The Women's World Cup. Over the next few days in the Women's World Cup, you'll see 32 teams. They're going to compete across 64 matches at 10 venues. That is happening in Australia and in New Zealand. The U.S. Women's National Team arrives at the tournament, of course, as the two-time defending champs and the favorite to win this thing again that would be an unprecedented third consecutive title if the U.S. women's team is able to get it done here so we will also be tuned into the World Cup this morning do you have any bets on the Women's World Cup you degenerate no no I (laughs) I do not and I don't take exception to that by the way that I I I use that term as a um, it's an endearing term it's a badge of honor for you I know yeah I've got nothing yet. This is the type of event where I lean on people who know what they're talking about rather than shoot from the hip on my own. There's, I do not know enough about women's soccer other than the fact that the U.S. tends to dominate. And I believe they came into the tournament right around 6-1 to one to win this thing again, which I feel is a pretty good price if you want to ride with some patriotism. The last ride for Megan Rapino is there going to be the emotional angle throughout the course of this thing? But no, no action yet. But as it comes across my desk, 
I will relay it to you immediately. There is always time. Uh, there is always time to place yeah. that action. We've got days of the Women's World Cup, but it's cool to have sports, frankly, as we wake up and start this show. That's unusual on this time slot. You and I are normally in the evening time slot, so we always got sports going on during Joe and Amber, but here on the morning show, it's very unusual to have the sports going on. There are eight new countries that are playing their first Women's World Cup in this World Cup. They've expanded the field from 24 to 32. So eight teams making their first appearance in this tournament, the Philippines, Ireland, Zambia, Haiti, Vietnam, Portugal, Panama, and Morocco. They are all making their first appearance in the Women's World Cup. We got sports, Joe. We got sports indeed. I love getting up early for stuff like this. Two events that have become, well, one of them is is more of a one-off, but... Formula One racing at around between 5 and 6 a.m. every Sunday morning really feel, fills, to an extent, the gap left behind by football. I was living in San Francisco a few years ago when I first got into Formula One, like a lot of people did with the Drive to Survive series on Netflix. And I had two kids in a really small apartment. There was a baby, and then there was a soon-to-be two-year-old. So on Sunday mornings, to try to give my wife a break, I would be the one that would sprint in there. The moment you heard the slightest noise, because if one wakes up, the other wakes up, and then it's disaster, as any parent of two or more knows. So I would go sprinting in there, grab the one, race out to the living room, and then put them on the couch and have them watch the different colored cars make their way around the track. And, you know, you can get some action down on something like that as well. In addition, it wasn't that long ago. I want to say like a month maybe. The UFC on ABC had a card in Jacksonville. And because it was on ABC, the main card was taking place during the afternoon on the East Coast. But the first fight started at like 8.30 here in Las Vegas. So that's a wild way to start your weekend, to wake up on a Saturday. And at 8.30 all the way through until early afternoon, you're just firing one game, one fight after another with the UFC. So I'm good for it. I love when stuff starts this early. Roll right out of bed. I never understood how people on the East Coast, even though I used to live there, how people on the East Coast would wait till 1 p.m. on Sundays for their football to start. There's too much time to fill between when you wake up and when those games kick off. See, waking up first thing in the morning and seeing people fight, that sounds like not something that I want involved in my You don't need coffee. coffee, frankly. I guess. I mean, it's. I'm trying to. I'm trying to relax. I'm trying to have my coffee in bed on, on a weekend, and now I'm watching people try to take each other's heads off. That seems like a strange combination. There, first thing in the morning, the morning sports concept, though, it's such a West Coast concept, like you just referenced. Yeah. And I've been an East Coaster my entire life. I've been in Florida my entire life, so I know nothing about that life. I used to think it sounded atrocious. Like, who's watching sports early? You know, because you get so accustomed over on the East Coast to just have sports later in the day and that's when you think of your time to carve out for sports now that I'm this age I could hang with it I feel like it sounds like a good idea to get it done get it done earlier in the day as well maybe even sometimes have some time on the back end like now that I am this age I find myself all the time complaining why are these NBA playoff games on so late I want to go to bed I sound old but it's the truth of the matter Monday night football wrapping before 9 p.m. is a wonderful thing it is an absolutely wonderful thing same with Sunday night football because you know most people not judging I'm one of them like to get it in on Sunday from the start of the games all the way through the Sunday nighter I hate when that game ends at midnight on the East Coast, and then you got to get ready for work the next morning. Ending just before 9 p.m. out west here gives you plenty of time 
to hydrate and get ready for the next day and at least make yourself look passable at work on a Monday. That sounds glorious. Tailgating really early in the morning. That sounds like more of a feat to me, but I would imagine that there's some fun to be had there too. You're just cooking breakfast items instead of hot hot dogs and hamburgers on your portable grill later in the day. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. Draymond Green is talking about the punch, but at this point, should we still be talking about this stupid punch? We'll get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is ESPN Radio. He is still talking about that time that he punched his now former teammate, Jordan Poole and what most people would call a sucker punch during practice. It was caught on camera. It became a big deal as we headed into this past season. It became a big deal throughout the season. It might be somewhat to blame for how things went this past season for the Golden State Warriors. And yet, Draymond will not stop discussing it. He was on the Pat Bev podcast. And given Pat Bev, he asked him about the situation. But instead of just blowing off the question, here is Draymond Green. I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time. And you you usually ain't just triggered by something like that fast, you know, to that degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is a team. You know what I'm saying? Like, ain't nobody on my team triggering me, you know, in in an instant. You know, we know stuff that you don't say amongst men. You know what I'm saying? We, We, you know, we know, you know, things that you have to stand on. It sounds like a justification. He's saying it wasn't just one thing, though, that it was a series of things that caused him to sucker punch Jordan Poole in the face. Draymond's always been known to speak his mind. And if he's going to be asked a question about this, the avenue of, you know what, that's in the past. That was a mistake. I don't really want to get into it. Let bygones be bygones. We've all moved on. That's not really an option for him. He's going to go ahead and let you know exactly what he thinks. He's going to get his side of the story out there, which is, what this feels like, that that video is horrific. It appears to be a guy walking up to another guy and sucker punching him. And it appears to be that way because that's exactly what it is. Now, I'd imagine if you're him, you probably want to make it known at every turn. That's not exactly how it happened. You know, it's not like Jordan Poole just said something that one time and I snapped. He had been building up. There had been other things that had been mentioned. But the reality is here, I don't see any win for Draymond 
with continuing to discuss this matter. It's a bad look. It was a bad look then. It's a bad look now. You've been in the NBA 11 years. You've won multiple championships. You've been an all-star, defensive player of the year. The Warriors traded him away. You won. In this entire situation, despite what we all saw happen, you won. You got exactly what you wanted with the new deal. Jordan Poole got shipped to Washington. You won. I don't see anything left to be gained from talking about it, but apparently he does because maybe his side of the story isn't necessarily out there the way that he would like. Maybe Poole's still talking to some extent behind the scenes and he feels that he needs to get more out there. It's just overall, to me, it's just a bad look. For the Warriors, it should be about moving forward and trying to finish what they started, which is this dynasty. One more bookend on the back side of this thing and Anytime this comes up, it's going to continue to highlight a big problem the team had last season. If Jordan Poole's talking, he is, in fact, doing it behind the scenes because we're not seeing that from Jordan Poole. And he put up the cryptic Instagram message on his story in response to this where he said, essentially, he quoted song lyrics, but he essentially said, you know, you're the one who keeps talking is what he kept saying. You know, you're, you're talking, go find a hobby was what the lyrics suggested. And it does feel like it is Draymond that is continuously bringing this up. And Draymond won in the situation in terms of his bank account. He won because he got the deal. He won because Jordan Poole is now on the Washington Wizards, but he didn't win on the court. That's for sure. They didn't win on the court on the road last season, hardly at all. And they didn't win in the postseason against the Los Angeles Lakers. So how much of that has to do with Draymond disrupting that chemistry of this team early on with this sucker punch? I feel like probably a lot because we're talking about Jordan Poole, a player that was pivotal to that championship run for the Golden State Warriors the season before. He was pivotal to them winning the actual championship the season before. And then he looked like a shell of himself after this sucker punch. And maybe he would have come back down to earth a little bit anyways, but it's easy to pinpoint the disruption of chemistry and blame Draymond to some extent. So I don't think it's a good look from the perspective that, yes, he sucker punched a man and we all saw it on camera, but it's not a good luck from a basketball perspective either. And that's why I'm surprised he is the one. The one who looks bad is the one who keeps bringing it up. The evidence, I think, that this carried over throughout the course of the season, because the Warriors did everything to say that, you know, they put it behind them, that they're trying to move forward, that it's about winning basketball games. Look no further than their road record. I, I, the, 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 one of the most stark differences for anyone, they were 33-8 and eight at home this season. Mm-hmm. They were fantastic. And they were a legitimate title contender coming off a championship-winning season. They won 11 road games this past year. There were only three teams that had fewer wins on the road. The Spurs, the Rockets, and the Pistons. Three teams that were at the top of the lottery when it came to draft picks. Now, why would you be so poor on the road? It's one thing to be below average on the road. It's another thing to be absolutely pathetic on the road when you're a team of their caliber. We understand the Spurs are going to struggle. The Warriors, the road is where the chemistry is built. The road is where the guys are hanging out. You're in the hotel rooms together. You're playing cards. You're going out to dinner. You don't have the responsibilities of your family and all the other things that take place when you're at home. When it's on the road, it's all about the basketball team. It's all about that life. And this team struggling that much on the road, I have to believe it had something to do with the fracture in the locker room from what happened with that video during the preseason. I couldn't agree more. It feels like Draymond is trying to explain it away. Is there any way to explain away a sucker punch? I mean, it was the sucker punch component of this. It wasn't... Uh, it wasn't uh, two guys getting into it at practice on an NFL field and everyone's got on pads and this is the thing that happens all the time or it happens at training camp, you're hot, it's been a long day of practice. 
you get into a little argument and there's some pushing and shoving. It wasn't that. It was a straight-up sucker punch when Jordan Poole was clearly not prepared for it and nobody was expecting it because nobody reacted. But I think part of it was the surprise that everybody had that it actually occurred. And so in my book, there ain't no way to explain that. Like, it doesn't matter if Jordan Poole had annoyed you for the last year and a half before that. Who cares if he had said over and over again things to you that frustrated you and it boiled over in that moment, it doesn't really matter because of the sucker punch component of it and then what it does to the rest of your season, what it does to that road record. And we were talking about this road record from the second half of the season on where we kept discussing how bad the Warriors were on the road and they couldn't get it together. They could never turn it around. They knew that narrative was out there. They knew how bad it was making them look and then it ended up costing them dramatically in a postseason as well. The video getting out didn't make matters better at all. I, if this was the type of thing that had stayed in-house to where a report surfaced from one of the reporters regarding a fight between these two, we have our imaginations, but ultimately with that not out there, it's he said, she said in terms of the public discourse for those who can't get the inside information from someone on the scene, right? But when that video gets out, Poole's essentially humiliated. That's what that comes down to. And that's pretty much the beginning of the end because there's no way to, get, to repair that. You can't put that genie bot back in the bottle. He ended up getting dropped. And no matter what you want to say about it being a sucker punch or whatever may have led to it, once that video gets out and he's pretty much emasculated by that, I don't think that's going to be a guy looking to go ahead and mend fences down the road. Draymond appeared to try to mend fences. You saw moments in the playoffs, especially in that series against Sacramento when Poole couldn't buy a bucket where Draymond would try to say something to him as he was coming off the court and he would just blow right past him. That was a serious issue well, yeah, for them course. all season long and the cameras did pick it up. I mean, if you sucker punched me, I'd blow right past you too. That's the reality of the situation. Now, Anthony Poole, who is Jordan Poole's dad, has entered the chat. I don't know if this is a good move by anybody involved, but I understand. It's not. If you're a parent, I understand how you would want to try to defend your son, but he put out on Twitter, I'm going to stand on this. That's some BS. JP was his guy and he avoided me all last year. He is a soft bleep bleep and I'm standing on this and he didn't apologize to me and my wife so he lame and me and him can meet anytime he wants I would say that if I'm Jordan Poole I don't necessarily want my dad taking up my cause there and fighting on my behalf Draymond did respond to that and wrote that's so cute it's impossible to avoid you in an arena for a year champ I got to get my family from that family room every game and stop using those words they usually don't go over well amongst men (laughs) i mean what do you do there's there's like so much i have to almost marinate in that entire quote and (laughs) then that you read for a while to try to figure out how to best go about this um you're right you don't want your dad fighting your battles for pool right now i think it's all going to come down to just a fresh start in washington and trying to get his career back on track and then ultimately the best revenge is going to be living well and going out and producing at the highest possible level don't let what happened there completely derail your career because he was ascending the year before last when he would fill in for Steph Curry he was taking on that scorer's role he was dropping 26 28 a night in those spots where they needed him when Steph was out he was seen as the heir apparent now he's gone He's got to get that career back on track. He got the money, but if he wants to get the career back on track and there's plenty of time to do so, he's going to have to get his head right with this whole thing. It's unfortunate what happened, but everybody continuing to talk about it, he's going to have to tune that noise out and get ready to play with Washington this year. Yeah, I just, he's 
a Washington wizard. And I, I just don't know how easy it's going to be for him to look the same as it looked the season before in Golden State. I feel bad for Jordan Poole. I really do, because like you said, his career was on the right track. He was taking off. He was ascending. There's a reason that the Warriors handed him the contract that they handed him, and he did get paid. His bank account is fine, but his NBA career may not be fine coming off of this because it was a huge dip this past season. We'll see how much of that just was him needing a different environment coming off of what happened here with Draymond Green. But yes, uh, I don't know if you want your dad fighting your battles. And frankly, I don't really even know if Draymond owes an apology to Jordan Poole's parents. I think he owes an apology to Jordan Poole himself for sucker punching him in the face and probably nobody else. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh hanging out with you. James Harden removed the 76ers from his social media bio, but will they remove him from their roster? That after Joe has this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash unsportsmanlike. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. We are going to get to the mess that is Joe's Philadelphia 76ers in just a moment. It's amazing that somehow they're still a mess with the reigning MVP on your team there. Joe, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Before we get to that, though, we're going to take a phone call. And we always welcome you to chime into the conversation here on ESPN Radio. Triple Eight. Say ESPN 888-729-3776. That is where we find Juwan. Juwan is from Ohio. Hey, Juwan, thanks for the call. What do you have? Yes, can you hear me? I can. Go ahead. Okay, at one point in time, Amber, you got to quit saying Draymond Green sucker punched Jordan Poole. Clearly, Jordan Poole was out of line. Steph knew it. Steph addressed it after the playoffs. You know, Steph tried to speak to the boy. He didn't want to listen. Steph wanted that Draymond up. You know, when you disrespect a man like that, just keep saying that this word, this word, this word, this word, it's no longer a sucker punch. It's not. That, that's all I have to say. It's no longer a sucker punch. Either. That's fair game. I mean, I 
you're right, Juwan, but, you know, sticks and stones, right? Well, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I never understand this about professional athletes, and I get it. I, you know, I'm not a man. I'm not inside a locker room, whatever. It, this idea that a dude calls you a word or a name or says something, I mean, goodness, y'all should fire up my DMs for 10 seconds as a woman in this business, and you can't handle a word or a name. You're famous. It's all you hear. All you hear is criticism, right? And not all of it's constructive. And so it's always interesting to me when it's just somebody saying something and then we resort to physical violence in my book. That's hardly ever any sort of justification for it. But the reason I keep calling it a sucker punch is because Jordan Poole was clearly not ready for a physical altercation. But, but, but is it a sucker punch something that you don't see coming, right? Like, I, isn't that the definition I, of it? I feel like yeah, he didn't Jordan, see it coming. He <laughs> absolutely seen it coming because he was in, he was like in front of the punch. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, if, so you can't sucker punch somebody in the face. You can only sucker punch somebody in the back of the head. If I if I push Joe Fortenbaugh and Joe Fortenbaugh cracked me, I'm already I, he can't he can't sucker punch me because my back's not to him. Right, but you, you, to, but you pushed you him the, in that scenario. Yeah, so you're you almost the inviting punch, the altercation, right? Yeah, that that's just you being a not prepared fighter. If did you Poole get sucker him? punched, no, 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 he did. But I'm, I'm just painting a, an example. If but you don't see the punch coming, that's a sucker punch. If but, you see it coming and you don't do nothing about it and you don't you don't move out the way, that's on you. But that's so that's such a how are you supposed to move? How are you supposed to move out of the, the way push? if you don't see it coming? Right. Because it's not a sucker punch. That's just a punch that you didn't avoid. See, for me, a sucker punch is when there's no anticipation for it whatsoever. So you don't see it coming. And I don't mean you don't physically see it coming. I mean, you don't anticipate it coming either. So to me, you can get sucker punched in the face if it's a scenario where you don't expect somebody to punch you whatsoever. You're having a normal conversation with somebody and bam, they deck you and knock you out. Like that to me is a sucker punch, even if you're physically facing them. I, I guess, I guess I'm, I guess my, my view of it is like, if you get pushed, regardless of if, if you're the person who's pushing or you, you're the person who got pushed, the subsequent thing after a push is most likely a punch being thrown. So I can't call it a sucker punch. It's definitely a bad thing to do for sure, but I don't, I don't know if I'm rocking with it if it's a sucker punch, though. Well, either way, it was a punch, and it was a punch that I don't think Jordan Poole was anticipating, whether it was a sucker punch or not. And Draymond's on a tour right now to try to justify it. At 3.37 a.m. I'm going to be completely (laughs) honest. I was not anticipating breaking this down at 3.37 a.m. Thank you, you, Yates, for taking this to an entirely different level. I thought this was a casual wake-up-at-1.15-a.m. situation fill in on the morning show, have a few laughs. Now we're breaking down in Zapruder-like fashion the Draymond Green-Jordan Poole punch, which, again, highlights the NBA's ability to stay in the headlines for all the drama. And I know we're going to get the Harden here in a second, but the ability of this entity to produce so much high-level drama at every turn. James Harden, Damian Lillard, everything that's going on with LeBron. Is it a sucker punch? Is it a not sucker punch? I mean, this has taken on a, a WWE-type turn where when in the late 90s when I was watching WWE, the matches were one thing, and then the promos were an entirely different thing. Like, the drama before and after all that stuff was just as appealing, which is what the NBA has become. You have the playoffs, which is the basketball you want to watch, and then you have the drama, which fills up the other, what, 10 months of the year. 
we are now breaking down film from what happened yes. a year ago between these two players that are no longer even teammates. And that's where Draymond Green has gotten us with his comments about this thing. But you're right. That is the NBA. And frankly, it's great for the NBA. Not these guys getting into <laughs> a physical altercation. Now. But the drama is great for the NBA. It has become a soap opera each and every offseason is a soap opera in that sport. It frankly heightens the star power of everybody involved, and it makes that sport so relevant all year long. So I do think that it makes the NBA so much more fun with all of this drama. And included in the drama is the situation in Philadelphia with James Harden. That's how you segue. There you go. James Harden. Apparently, he still wants out from Philadelphia. We did hear that from Daryl Morey. He did, in fact, confirm James Harden still wants out. But are they, Joe, actually going to get rid of James Harden? We have seen Morey in the past be incredibly patient. So patient, they'll he'll allow a player in Ben Simmons to sit out for an entire season before he moves him. He is a general manager who is not necessarily willing to fold to the desires of the player. If James Harden wants out, James Harden's getting out. That's how it works in the NBA, especially with star-level talent. And it's especially how it works with James Harden because we've seen it before. He wanted out of Houston, got out of Houston. He wanted out of Brooklyn, he got out of Brooklyn. If he wants out of Philadelphia, he'll get out of Philadelphia because the leverage is on his side. He's going to sit back and he's going to tell the Sixers he's not going to play until he's traded. And the Sixers can sit there and try to do anything they want to try to put him in a bad spot. But what are they ultimately going to do? Harden's not going to care if he has to sit out some games with a, quote, hamstring injury while he's still getting paid because that's the leverage the Sixers are on the hook for the contract these things are fully guaranteed it's not like a scenario with Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs where if they don't sign their franchise tenders they can hold out but they don't get paid Harden's getting paid one way or another he just has to have you know some back spasms or a quad injury something that prevents him from getting on the court but something that keeps him getting paid on a what weekly or bi-weekly basis whatever it is in the NBA so Maury's going to have to figure something out because at the same time, Maury doesn't have a 10-year plan, all right? Life expectancies are very short when it comes to head coaches, front office general managers. Look at what happened in Phoenix. Look at what happened in Milwaukee with the coaching staffs this past offseason. So Maury's going to have to make a move. Now, he's not going to make a move in impetuous style. He's going to sit back and he's going to wait, and he's probably going to hope that in some way, shape, or form, Harden really wants to play somewhere and He's willing to accept a little bit, but you can't take pennies on the dollar because if you take pennies on the dollar, you're not going to win. Embiid's likely going to want out after the season's over, and then you're going to get fired anyway. So Maury's in an impossible spot. He's going to try to get some return on the investment here. I just don't know how much he's going to be able to pull off. I mean, he's not in an incredibly impossible spot because James Harden did opt in, which advantage to the Sixers because now they get something in return for James Harden, right? As sure. opposed to him not bothering to opt in, he could have just walked gone somewhere else they wouldn't have gotten anything in return for James Harden so I don't think that they're in the worst situation that they've been in by any means I also don't believe Daryl Morey I think that this is a negotiation tactic yes I've seen him be patient in the past it was a very different situation with Ben Simmons a very different market for Ben Simmons and also a very different relationship between Daryl Morey and Ben Simmons we know about the relationship between Daryl Morey and James Harden and he even referenced it when he talked about James Harden still wanting out he said I still have a good relationship with James Harden 
pardon. If it's true and you still have that good relationship that extends all the way back to your time with him at Houston, then you're going to end up honoring to some extent his wishes, which is why James Harden opted in, because James Harden trusts Daryl Morey that eventually they will be on the same page and they will get this thing done. I agree with you. I don't think he stays and plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh. Our ESPN Radio Rankum series continues with Joe's top five pretenders. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e bike yet? You need to check out Electric e bikes today, the number one selling e bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. Joe Fortenbaugh's top five pretenders. These are teams that people think are going to be good, but Joe Fortenbaugh is here to tell you they ain't. They're just pretending. Let's get to it, Joe. Number five. This list is nothing but the potential for disaster because no one's going to come away help, help happy with this, right? Whoever you name, those fan bases are going to be upset. Whoever you don't name, <laughs> so it's not true. like those fan bases are going to say, thank God he didn't bring it up. Number five, the New York Jets. They'll be good, but the Super Bowl talk is way too much. The division is stacked with the addition of Vic Fangio as the team's defensive coordinator. Miami, far more formidable this season than people realize. Aaron Rodgers turns 40 in December and is playing behind one of the most questionable offensive lines in the game. That is a very shaky combination. Remember, it did take Tom Brady about 13 games to figure things out during his first year in Tampa Bay. This defense last season for the Jets was fantastic. But keep in mind, they were very healthy. They didn't suffer any serious injuries. It's tough to replicate that sort of fortunate luck year in and year out. I've got them winning nine games. It's an improvement, of course, but it's not enough for a deep playoff run. The Jets are pretenders. Number four. Let's keep it in New York with the New York football Giants. Nine, seven, and one last season with a wild card win at Minnesota. Have people thinking Big Blue is back. I'm here to tell you they are not. The Giants were minus six in point differential last season, meaning they were outscored by a grand total of six points during their 17-game regular season. Does that sound like a nine-win team to you? They were also 8-4-1 and one in one-score games, which is an indicator that last year's results were a bit, shall we say, lucky. The NFC is very very thin this year so it could pave the way for a wild card spot but based on what happened last year a lot of Giants fans think they're going to take it to the next level this season I see them coming back down to earth if anything number three the Minnesota Vikings 13 and four last year but those four losses came by an average of 22 points per game when they lost they got blown out and those wins they were an improbable 11-0 and in one-score games. That is a huge red flag that regression is on the horizon. How is it possible 
to go 13-4 and four at the conclusion of those 17 games, you find yourself minus three in point differential. They were outscored during the 17-game regular season, yet somehow went 13-4. and four. That's everything you need to know. The defense is going to be better this year because they fired defensive coordinator Ed Donatel and they brought in Brian Flores. They'll be more aggressive. They'll blitz more and they'll probably force more turnovers, but they're coming back down to earth in a big way. Put them right around eight, maybe eight and a half to nine wins. Number two, the Los Angeles Chargers. No more falling for the banana in the tailpipe. Three playoff berths over the past 12 years and only one playoff win with an epic second half meltdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars in the wild card round last season. The Chargers are who they are. Lots of talent, little production. The defense is highly suspect and the team did virtually nothing this offseason to improve it. Justin Herbert, the quarterback, is a rising star, but he has been very, very lucky to have Brandon Staley as his head coach because every time something goes wrong with the Chargers, Staley takes the heat, whether it's his fourth down decision-making, his other game management, what have you. Herbert has shied away from that criticism, and the thing is, he's worthy of a lot of criticism. His performance in the second half of that Jacksonville game was abysmal, and it was a big reason why they weren't able to close out the Jags. Ultimately, the Chargers are going to have some flashy games this year. They'll be competitive, but they'll flame out like they always do. Do not buy into L.A. making any noise deep in the playoffs this season. This list was hard for me when I was going through who I want my pretenders to be because when I started thinking about who's pretending in the NFL, I also started having the conversation with myself about does anybody actually think these teams are any good? And so let's focus on where some differences are without me spoiling my list because that is coming up a little bit later in the show. You're certainly going to want to stay tuned for that. By the way, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson here on ESPN Radio. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well. At Amber W Sports. So the Giants on this list. Here's the thing. Do people feel like the Giants are going to be excellent this season? Because especially now, coming off of Saquon's lack of extension, are we even going to see Saquon Barkley as we roll into the season? And I think that really is going to be determinative of the narrative surrounding this Giants team. I think people do believe in that coaching staff. Obviously, Daniel Jones now is paid. That doesn't necessarily people think uh, mean that people believe in Daniel Jones I do agree with you that maybe if Saquon is still part of this equation people are going to believe in this team but when you're talking about the captain of the team and you're talking about the leader in the locker room and he's considering holding out and hasn't yet signed his franchise tender I think that changes whether people really have those expectations for the Giants this season how would you rate your undergraduate education from the University of Florida Excellent, top-notch, best as it gets, sit-down Harvard, Florida grad. Did they teach you how to count to five at the University of Florida? Because I didn't even get all five of my teams in. Oh! Number one. That would be the Dallas Cowboys. And the University of Florida produced Emmett Smith, who is a Dallas Cowboy. I was just sitting there thinking to myself, I have the absolute layup of layups. I have to take it. Dallas is going to be number one. There are going to be a lot of people chirping about how this is incorrect or it's trolling. Is there any bigger pretender in the NFL year in and year out than the Dallas Cowboys? Four playoff wins since 1997. Four. That's the same amount as the Houston Texans who didn't come into the league until 2002. Think about that for a second. Mike McCarthy, the head coach, has always struggled with his game management. When to call timeouts, when to go for it on fourth down, when to punt. 
That was with Kellen Moore calling the plays on offense. Kellen Moore's gone. He's in L.A. with the Chargers now. So McCarthy's going to take on play-calling duties, and he's somehow going to improve upon his game management skills. I don't see that happening. The NFC, as I mentioned earlier, very thin this year. So the hype is starting to grow that there's going to be a deep Dallas run. Save your time. We all know how this ends. It's going to be a messy fourth quarter. The Cowboys are going to have a shot, but they're going to blow it. And it's going to happen in either the wild card round or the divisional round of the playoffs, Amber Wilson. Now it makes sense why Nuno yelled number one in my ear. <laughs> I was talking, so I was like, what is, you know, when the producer yells in your ear what's and you're simultaneously talking, it's very hard to decipher what's actually happening. And I'm like, why is Nuno yelling number one in my ear? Right, because you hadn't hit your number one yet. I jumped to the gun. I was so number excited one. about these other teams. <laughs> that you had already gotten to in the New York Giants. And I also was going to say with you the disagree Minnesota with Big Vikings, Blue. That I, seems well, I, to be the one you disagree the most. It's not with. that I disagree with Big Blue. It's that I just don't know if the expectation should be there for Big Blue, right? Like, I guess for a pretender, I'm thinking, okay, teams that people really believe in. And does anybody really believe in this New York Giants team? And And with the Minnesota Vikings, I feel like I'd have the same conversation because, man, despite the Vikings record this past season, all throughout the season, we were questioning the Vikings and questioning the Vikings and not really buying into it, even though they had an excellent record. And so with both of those teams, I just don't know, I guess, where the barometer is of expectations if anybody truly believes in those teams moving forward. They're very fortunate in the sense that the NFC, how thin is the NFC? Uh, Philadelphia's legitimate. Dallas is legitimate. Who, who, who else? Well, and I mean, when I say legitimate, Somebody legitimate to, to get into the playoffs. Right. San Francisco's got quarterback issues. Is Seattle for real? I think so. They'll probably get in. The Rams aren't bouncing back. Does anyone like a single team from the NFC South to make some noise? The Saints could win the division, but do we see them making a deep playoff run? If you're in the NFC this year, you have a great opportunity, a great opportunity to get to the NFC championship game. I struggled to put any NFC teams on my pretenders list because you're right. It feels like it's an entire conference of teams below the Eagles that we don't believe in. And yet somebody has to win. You know, there are teams that have to make the postseason, So somebody ends up being good in this equation that we're not expecting. However, you don't believe it's going to be that Giants team. You don't believe it's going to be that Cowboys team. We will see. Coming up next, we're going to see if someone in the NFL thinks Jalen Hurts is only the 10th best quarterback in the league. This is ESPN Radio. More next. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.